Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Out of there, welcome once again to Growing in Grace. I'm Joel the Breeze Man, Joel Brzezinski, Mike the Cap Kapler. He's on the other side there, and we're getting ready uh, to sit down and chat about the grace of God and uh, new covenants, old covenants, or I should say a new covenant versus the old covenant. That's what we've been talking about for several weeks here now on the program, and uh, we've got uh, some more thoughts on all of that. I think it's really good to talk this stuff out, Cap. As we were talking about last time, there's so many people that, you know, you, you pick up your Bible, you open it up, and you say, I'm a Christian, I'm opening up my Christian Bible, and whatever's in this Bible, I'm supposed to live by. And uh, that's the mindset of a lot of people, uh, but yet uh, that mindset fails to do something, and that is to rightly divide the word of truth, as Paul talked about, to rightly divide the fact that there is a new covenant and there's an old covenant and that there is a big difference between the two and that the two don't mix. And so we've been talking about that for a few weeks. Uh, Last week, Cap, we started talking about types and shadows versus the reality, the substance being Christ. We've got a few more thoughts on that, and you had also talked about talking about the red letter gospel, uh, the red letters of the Bible, of course, um, in the New Testament, representing the words that Jesus spoke. So we'll get into some of that this week on Growing in Grace. Yeah, you know, Joel, this... um this thing between the old and the new covenants again the old we were never under a lot of people don't even realize that so go back and listen to our last four programs or so because we've been talking about this and we're just moving forward um, and get caught up with us growingingrace.org you'll find all of our past uh, archived podcasts there but yeah you know you were talking about uh, you know the old uh, copies and shadows you know not the original but uh, what they did under the old covenant with Moses and, and the high priest bringing blood into the uh, into the temple into the holy of holies, uh, and then comparing that to Jesus, who is our high priest, who did one sacrifice, uh, whereas before they did many sacrifices using the the blood of animals. He used his own blood, and he did it one time for the sacrifice of sin for all, just this once. I doesn't have to go back and do it again. And then in Hebrews chapter 10, it talks about how just insufficient those animal sacrifices were for the law, the old covenant, having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things that can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. In other words, uh, the, the, the continuous sacrifices of the old covenant could never make one perfect, could never take away sin, but Jesus with his one sacrifice could do that and this is the covenant that we're under now it's it's so different you know Joel last week we we didn't have time to uh, to get into this but we were talking about even sometimes how in, in sermons today and in churches and and especially of even using the example of, of copies and shadows here referring to the old covenant uh, sometimes you'll still find a preacher who who somehow wants to integrate that into the life of a Christian. How can we apply this to our lives today? Uh, Well, (laughs) we can't, and we're not meant to. There's even just some little subtleties here and there, Joel, that, um, you know, we we go to the church building, we call it the house of God. 
the house of God. And, uh, you know, there's supposed to be this reverence when you're in the building. And, and you know, look, uh, Paul said that God does not dwell in a place made with human hands. You know where he dwells? You, you, do you know where the sanctuary is today? It's not in your church. It's you. You are the sanctuary. You are the place where God dwells. You are the holy place because he is holy. Uh, and how about the altar? We call people up to the altar to rededicate their lives and die to ourselves. And it's symbolic. We see it's symbolic of what? Of the old covenant, <laughs> not the new. <laughs> The, the altar was a place where you, you, know, you, you slaughtered, you killed, you sacrificed. And in churchianity, uh, it often implies, really to me, it implies a, some sort of reenactment of a work that has already been completed by Jesus at the cross, not by us. Yeah, so if, I mean, if we're going to use an altar for any reason, the only reason that we should use an altar would be to remember what has already been done. An altar... And I don't want to go off on this little—I don't mean to just go off on this one little rabbit trail about the altar, but the altar, like you said, was the place where the animals were sacrificed. And in Christ, the one sacrifice has taken place, the one perfect sacrifice through which our sins have been taken away and by which we've been forgiven and we've been made new and everything like that. And so the we don't look at the Old Covenant altar and say, how do we use this altar now in the New Covenant— but really, we see that, okay, the blood of Christ was shed for the sins of people, and there, there is no more altar. Now, if churches have their altars and they do things that, you know, I'm not going to knock that. I'm just saying that there isn't a place for the altar in the New Covenant because the altar was a type and a shadow of what was to come. And I think that helps us to bring, bring out the point that Christ is the reality. Christ is the substance of, of everything, of all of the types and shadows of the Old Covenant. And uh, everything that we look to in this New Covenant is focused on around Christ. Christ is uh, the reality in this New Covenant. Yeah, some people will just uh, walk away from the altar feeling refreshed and renewed, not understanding that they've already been made new in Christ. They feel like they have to go and, and somehow get washed and cleaned again at the altar uh, and die to themselves. And that's what an altar is for, is for, for sacrificial killing. And they'll walk away feeling pretty good about themselves with this flimsy newfound identity. But uh, the, in other words, they'll, they'll kind of have an ego, Joel. It's an alter ego, though. Get rid of the alter, you get rid <laughs> oh. of the ego. Oh, the puns are <laughs> the puns are with you. <laughs> They've always been with you ever since I've known you. <laughs> but yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I'm just looking here at First Corinthians three seventeen. For the temple of God is holy. Okay, so yeah, the temple of God is holy. We're in. We're in this big church. We're in the holy temple of God. Nope. That's not what Paul says. He says the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. You, me, the church, we are the temple. So that the temple is not a place that we go. The, you know, A local church building is not the temple of God, is not the house of God. The house of God is you. The house of God is the church. And so again, there's one more thing where we think, 
I've got to go to the temple uh, every week. Well, Hebrews says that not to forsake the assembling, so we need to go to the temple, which of course was not what Hebrews was talking about at all. It is good to gather together. It is good to get together and remind ourselves of this wonderful gospel truth. I'm not knocking the idea of getting together and the assembling of the saints and so on. Uh, we're just we're just trying to point out here how some of these old covenant things that we're trying to bring these into the new covenant and it just doesn't work. It's not meant to. It's just not meant to. Right. And you mentioned uh, when the program started about how some people will just say, well, I just, I believe the whole Bible, and, and uh, if, if it's in the Bible, then I'm going to live by it. The problem with that is we have two covenants, one that does not apply to you and, and the other that does. And sometimes, maybe more often than we'd like to think, sometimes the writers of the Old Testament did not have a revelation of the new covenant that we are under today, the new everlasting and better covenant through the finished work of Christ. Sometimes you might see a prophecy that was revealed to a prophet in the Old Testament, but many times they're writing from an old covenant perspective. Just one quick example, Joel, that I know is really popular out there and we like to sing to it, but Psalm 51, 10 and 11, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. And that was, of course, David writing in the Psalms, who did not have the revelation when he was writing this about the New Covenant, the New Testament. Jesus said, I will ask the Father. He will give you a, a helper, the Spirit, to be with you forever. And um, there's just too many other verses to list under the New Covenant that tells us that God is always with us, and that the Holy Spirit, uh, his Holy Spirit, will not be taken from us. Right, and uh, some other things that David said. And, and, you know, David was a man after God's own heart, but that doesn't mean that David was always right in everything that he said. And, and, and again, David didn't have the revelation of grace. And uh, he, David did understand grace and mercy to a point, I think, because he did talk a lot about God's mercy, and he knew he had done some bad stuff, and he... He was big on God's grace and mercy, but he also said things like, Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and I keep your law. This has become mine because I kept your precepts. And uh, unless your law had been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. And uh, for by them you have given me life. David says that by God's law... God had given him life, but we find out by you know in the New Covenant, in the New Testament scriptures, that the, the law was a yoke of bondage. Romans 7, 5 says that when we were still in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. And so it was actually the law that was the ministry of death and condemnation. David didn't understand that, and that's all right, you know, that he, he, he lived under the understanding that he had of God. But to talk about your point, Cap, there, that there were people in the Old Covenant who wrote some things that aren't necessarily what we were ever meant to live by. Yeah, another quick example, Psalm 84:11. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So if you walk uprightly, he won't withhold any good thing from you. And I had a pastor friend tell me one time, and he's a good friend of mine, he just said, see, this shows that the blessings are conditional. Uh, well, it was under that covenant, but we're not under it anymore. Uh, Romans 8.32, to contrast that, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So freely given 
conditionally given under the old covenant, which, again, we were never under in the first place as Gentiles. <laughs> and that is so important to know, that the fact that as Gentiles, most of the people who have ever lived on planet Earth were never meant to be under God's law. That just astounds me. I mean, when, I, when that thought hit me, I was just astounded by the fact that I was never even under God's law, and most people who have ever lived have never been under the Ten Commandments or any of the other 600-plus commandments. Well, uh, we've been talking about this week, you know, talking about some things that were said in the Old Testament that we aren't meant to live by. Now, we've been kind of talking about the red letters. We're going to have to do that next week because we've we've, uh, run out of time for this one. But Jesus said some things in the new, what, in what we know as the New Testament scriptures, in what we know as the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there were some words that Jesus spoke, and uh, a lot of times you'll have a red-letter edition of the Bible, meaning that the words that are in red are the words that Jesus spoke. And so people say, I live by the red letters. I live by the red-letter gospel. What If Jesus said it, that settles it. I believe it, and, and that's that's the end of that story. But there are some things that Jesus said that are not the gospel. I don't know if that's hard for some people to take. I don't know if that's hard for you to understand, but we're going to try to work through through some of those things next week as we uh, talk more about the differences between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant and some of the, some of the things that we might be talking about have to do with the fact that the Old Covenant didn't end at the end of what we know as the Old Testament, the book of Malachi. But Jesus came as a man who was born under the law, born of a woman, born to set those free who were under the law. So we'll talk about that next week right here on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.